0: Well, today's message is called, Take God at His Word. And I don't know for sure, but I bet if we took a poll of all the people that go to Anderson Hills, we would have kind of a wide range of responses to that phrase, take God at His Word. Now, some of you might say, well, of course I'm going to take God at his word. I've been a believer my whole life. I read the scripture. I know the promises of God. If God said it, it's true. I trust it. Good enough. And you know, that's the kind of faith that Peter had when he stepped out of the boat and walked upon the water to Jesus. And I want that kind of faith in my life, and I know you want that kind of faith in your life, too. That's powerful faith, life-giving faith, earth-shaking faith. But some people might hear that phrase, take God at his word, and say, Well, I'm not so sure about that. That sounds risky to me, and I'm not really a risk taker. It sounds like I'm handing over a blank check, and that's not really my style. I'm cautious. And frankly, how do I know that God can be trusted? I've experienced some things in my life. I've seen the world around me, and I just don't know that I'm there. Well, my friends, no matter where you are today, if you're on one of those extremes I can trust God completely or I'm just not sure or anywhere in the middle, then I believe in the depth of my heart that God wants to speak a word to you this morning, right where you're at, and especially if you're not sure about all this stuff and and find it difficult trusting. I want you to know that it is okay to be exactly right where you are right now. It's good for us to wrestle with questions like this of faith. You know, in this abounding hope sermon series, we've been using one verse from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It goes like this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, so that you may overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit as you trust him. Those words are easy to say, but they can be really hard to do. And so I want to tell you a story today, a story that happened about 1,000 years before Paul wrote those words to the church in Rome. It takes place between the prophet Elisha, you might remember him. We talked about Elisha just a few weeks ago right here in worship. Remember, he was a prophet of old that um, was mentored by the prophet Elijah. And when Elijah was about ready to be taken into heaven, Elisha asked for a double portion of Elijah's power. Now, Elijah did more miracles in the Bible than any other prophet, so imagine what a double portion is gonna do. So back in that time... Prophets used to travel around, and they were the voice, the mouthpiece of God. They spoke for God. And back in that day in ancient Israel, there weren't any Marriott hotels, and there weren't any holiday inns, and Airbnb hadn't really gotten off the ground yet. And so when prophets would travel around, they would stay at the home of someone that welcomed them and someone that opened their home to them. And one of these places was in a village called Shunem, where Elisha developed a a friendship with this wealthy woman and her husband. They even set up a special room for Elisha in their home so that whenever he was in Shunem, he could stop there. It had a bed, it had a nightstand, it had a lamp in it. It was his. They were generous people, generous people. But this woman had a problem. You see, she couldn't have children. Maybe some of you here today have experienced the the pain, the heartache of infertility. And back in that day, there was an added pressure. Because if you didn't have children, there was no one to take care of you in your old age. There was no social security system or, or safety net. And there was this aura of... Maybe you'd done something wrong if there was a reason why you couldn't have kids. So imagine how this woman felt when Elijah gave her the most shocking news of her life.
1: I can't believe this is happening to me. I've waited my entire life for this moment. Have you ever wanted something so badly and year after year, nothing happens. I've wanted a child my entire life and year after bitter year, nothing. How could this happen? I prayed to God over and over. One day, the prophet Elijah came to our home. See, we didn't have a family, but we had money. We had a, a beautiful home. We could welcome him, we could give him a place to sleep. We gave him a warm meal. One day he told me something so crazy. He told me that I was going to have a child. I told him that was impossible. He better not be getting my hopes up for nothing. But you know what? A year later, I did. I had that baby. I took God at his word. I trusted him in him. And I became a mom.
0: In this room right now at this very moment I know that there are some stories like that I know that there are people here today that have taken God at his word you've trusted him and you've been blessed so richly blessed beyond your wildest imagination maybe you had that child that you never thought you'd be able to have maybe you have been healed of a, a disease or a tumor or something that you never thought you might be healed of Maybe you prayed and God blessed your business beyond your wildest imaginations and allowed you to be a blessing to others through it. Maybe God gave you a financial blessing or God brought that child that you thought was lost and had drifted away to God and God brought him back to himself. Maybe God healed your marriage that you thought was irrevocably broken. I know that stories abound like that in this church, because I I know you, I hear them, I I hear them. and, And God is still in the miracle business today. God still does miracles today. Let's give some glory to God, some praise to God. He is doing mighty works right here in our midst. I believe in the God of miracles, a God who is faithful when we take him at his word and we trust him, because I've experienced that myself sometimes. But you know what? I've also prayed to God at times, and I've not gotten what I asked for. Now I know that God has always been and always will be faithful to His promises, but He hasn't always asked, answered me in the time frame that I would have liked him to. And He hasn't always answered me in the way that I might have liked him to. And if you were to ask the people sitting around you today, maybe you yourself, you'd hear some of those stories too, stories of pain, stories of loss, stories of brokenness, situations that seem a lot more like the before picture than the after picture that you'd been hoping for. And so what do we do with that? Some Christians will tell you that the reason you have those kinds of problems is you don't have enough faith. And I would never diminish the role of faith. Faith is so, so important. I believe every word that the Bible has to teach us about faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. But I have to remember that it's God who is God and not me. I mean, if my faith controlled God, if your faith controlled God, then then my faith would be God. And that's backwards, isn't it? God is the object of our faith. Well, the Shunammite woman knows what that is like as well. Because you see, years later, her son was out in the field working with his father when he took terribly ill, so ill, in fact, that they took him inside the house to his mother where she held him on her lap, and then he died.
1: I can't believe this is happening to me. I waited my whole life to be a mom. And now my sweet son is dead. Do you know what it's like to hold your child and cry out to God all morning long only to have him die in your arms? I was patient. I prayed. I believed. I trusted. Why would God do this to me? I ran to find Elijah. I didn't even ask you for a son. How could you do this to me? I couldn't even say the words that my son was dead. I'm so hurt. I am so broken. I have no idea what is going to happen. All I know is God said, I will have a son. I just have to trust in His word. That's all I can do.
0: Have you ever been there? I know you have. Maybe some of you are there right now. Let me take a moment to just pray for you. God, sometimes we come to you and it seems like you're far away or you're not listening or you're not answering in the time frame that we want or the answer we get is so far from what we've asked for. And we get angry and bewildered and hurt. God, would you pour your truth into our bewilderment? Would you give us a balm that soothes our anger? Would you heal whatever hurt we might have and increase our trust? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You might also want to come forward for prayer, a little more prayer at the end of this message. If you'd like that, we'll have some prayer partners and they would love to pray with you. I invite you, I implore you to let God minister to you because I believe that the Holy Spirit is in the business of healing and God wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal your hurts and you don't want to miss out. You don't want to miss out on that. And so what do you do when you find yourself in that kind of situation, a kind of situation where you feel so desperate. Well, I want to tell you what the Shunammite woman did. It was pretty crazy, really. She took her son and she carried him upstairs and she laid him on that bed in Elisha's room. And then she put a saddle on her donkey and she began to ride the 25 miles from Shunem to Mount Carmel where Elisha was. Now, I don't know anything about donkeys, I've never ridden one. But I do know there's a reason that when men talk about fast cars, they use horsepower and not donkey power. <laughs> She's not moving very fast. And her son is dead on Elijah's bed. And so when she arrives, her words to Elisha are interesting, Second Kings, verse chapter four, verse 28. "Did I ask you for a son, my lord?" she said. "Didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes?" She hadn't asked for a son. Elisha had initiated that conversation. And now this son that had been such a gift, such a gift to her, such a treasure, has become a source of pain. But take notice of what she does not say. She doesn't say he's dead. Why is that? The Bible really doesn't tell us Maybe she was so overwhelmed with grief that she just couldn't bring herself to say it. Maybe. She certainly didn't say, I'm not worried about my son being dead because you're going to raise my son from the dead. And yet I don't believe that she took that 25-mile ride on a donkey to deliver to Elisha a funeral invitation. No, she had trusted God and the word that she had received from the prophet. Remember, prophets spoke for God. They were the voice of God to the people. And so she is holding Elisha and she is holding God accountable for what has happened. And I believe that she went there to Mount Carmel with a sense of expectancy because she trusted God and she took God at his word. She wasn't delivering a funeral invitation. She was stepping out in faith and not knowing what the result was going to be. I have a feeling that there are some of us here today who may have stopped trusting God and his word and we've somehow settled for delivering a funeral invitation. We might think thoughts or say words like, Well, I thought God was calling me to this ministry, and then it got hard and it got tough, and I couldn't do it, and so I quit. Or, Yeah, God says, Trust me and and give me the tithe and see what I will do, but I'm not that good with money. And so I've shrunk back and not given. Or maybe you've thought, Yeah, She and I both know that our marriage could certainly be better, but she's not doing anything about it, so let's just throw in the towel. We have to stop that. We have to stop being willing to deliver a funeral invitation. So what's it going to take for us to trust God and His Word to saddle up that donkey and start to move forward again. What is it for you? What's that funeral invitation that you are delivering because you won't ask for prayer about it? Maybe it's that hard conversation that you just won't start. Maybe you won't see that counselor that you need to see. Maybe you won't take that step and make an attempt, the first step that needs to be taken for change in your life. If Almighty God said it, then you can trust that Almighty God wants to make whatever it is happen in your life but he's given us free will too. And so there's a choice you have to make, a choice to step out in faith, a choice to trust. Elisha sprang into action. Elisha sent his servant Gehazi on ahead of himself and the Shunammite woman. And he gave him his staff to take on ahead of them. And he said, go and find her son, and when you do, put my staff on him. And Elijah's servant did just that, just that. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. Maybe that's happened to you. Maybe you prayed and, and sought the Lord and you seemed to get nothing. Don't give up. Trust God and take him at his word. Because you see, Elijah got there with his mother and he went into that room and he prayed. And he did something that was kind of odd. He, he laid himself over the boy's body just like his predecessor Elijah had done one time when God used him to raise a little boy from the dead. And this boy's body got just a little bit warm, but he still didn't wake up. This happens with us sometimes too. We pray and we start to see some process, but it's still not some progress, but it's still not the end result that we want, what we've been praying for. Don't give up, trust God and take Him at His word. Elisha began to pace around the room, but he didn't quit. No matter how frustrated he got second kings four thirty-five, elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more and the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes isn't that crazy the boy sneezed seven times i have no idea why he did that maybe you would too if you were dead and god raised you from the dead maybe you would sneeze seven times too verse 36 elisha summoned gehazi and said call the shunammite and he did and when she came in he said take your son and she came in and she fell at his feet and bowed to the ground and then she took her son and she went out God raised this boy from the dead. Isn't that amazing? Can you believe it? They trusted God and they took God at his word. God had promised a son and God brought him back from the dead. It's amazing. So for the Shunammite woman, things eventually turned out pretty well, didn't they? And sometimes that's exactly how it goes. You see, in the Bible, faith, and hope are practically synonymous. I want to read one more scripture to you. It's from Hebrews 11. That chapter is often called the, uh, the roll call of the victorious or the hall of faith, actually, because it celebrates some of the most amazingly faithful people in the Bible, and the Shunammite woman is listed among them. Hebrews eleven thirty five. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. But look what comes right after her. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain even better, an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword." They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. That's a whole lot different, isn't it, than receiving your child back raised from the dead? My friends, don't miss this. There are incredible people of faith who absolutely trusted God and they didn't always get everything they wanted. In fact, some suffered terribly, as we just heard. Why is that? Well, the next verse tells us, Hebrews beginning in 39, they were all commended for their faith Yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. I trust God at his word, even when I don't see what I hope for here on this earth because I believe those words with all my heart. God has all of eternity to make things perfect. And notice what he says, only together with us would they be made perfect. What does that mean? It means that their acts of faith are being made perfect because they were called to be an example to all of us. You see, their faithfulness sets the bar for us. And that was a part Of their calling to those of you who are going through hard times now maybe God is going to use your faith to strengthen the faith of others you never know you never know what God is going to do and maybe your miracle is waiting in heaven do you have the faith to trust God at his word you know there are Christians today throughout our world, who are still being persecuted even under the fate of death. In Nigeria, Christians have been beheaded for not renouncing their faith in Jesus. In Syria, Christians are persecuted by ISIS for their faith in the Lord. One man was burned alive three times, and yet he lived But in Libya just a few years ago, 21 Christian men were burned alive and they died because they refused to renounce their faith in their Lord Jesus Christ. And in Afghanistan today, Christians are fleeing for their lives, some being killed, many going into hiding from the Taliban. There were others who were martyred for their faith unable to be rescued so that they might gain an even better resurrection, the world was not worthy of them. We commend them for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Would you have the faith to trust God and his word no matter what the consequences might be? Can you trust God and take him at his word, no matter what the deepest desire of your heart might be, no matter what answer you are receiving in this moment from God? I believe that God is working out something glorious in your life right now. Do you believe it? Would you like prayer for it? I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come forward right now to the front while I pray, and I'm going to ask you if you would like some prayer to follow them up, and they can pray during our last song, even after the service as well. If you have any prayer request at all, God wants to work in you. The Spirit wants to work in you. You don't want to miss that. Will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks for the faithfulness of the Shunammite woman. We give you thanks for the faithfulness of Elisha and so many more. God, increase our faith. Help us to trust you no matter what we are going through. Help us to bring whatever fears, doubts, addictions, pains, struggles we're facing and come to you and give them to you. You're waiting for us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we trust you that you are working all things together for good in this life and in the life to come. So, God, be glorified. Be glorified by our lives and even by our deaths. In Jesus' name we pray.